as I crack open the spine of the textbook to research this episode, a whiff of dirt hits my nose first. Human Osteology by White, Black, and Fulkins has been through a lot with me. It has even traveled halfway across the globe and back to archaeological digs. Hence the faint, dusty smell. It's a thick tome of all things bone and contains beautiful pictures and dense paragraphs thick with scientific terms. One of the reasons for starting this podcast in the first place was to bring the rich details embedded in human osteology, the textbook, to life for people that don't want to or can't sit down and read it. Honestly, I would count myself amongst those people, preferring to learn by listening instead of reading. My favorite images, arguably, are on page 36 and chapter 3. The three images looked like someone has copied and pasted cross-sections of trees. The vague X-shape running through them also brings to mind Rosalind Franklin's early images of the crystalline structure of DNA. These are, of course, osteons, the basic units of bones. The black lines making the X-shape are the lacunae, or the little divots where the osteocytes, or bone cells, live and grow. Bone tissue doesn't grow the same way that, say, our skin or our small intestine grows. By the nature of it, bone is constrained by its hydroxyapatite, a form of calcium phosphate, which is the tough matrix that gives bone its strength and shape. Unlike our skin cells, our bone cells, or osteocytes, do not simply grow and divide when we need more of them. Calcification of the bone matrix occurs shortly after it is produced, limiting the space given to the osteocytes. When we need bone growth, either during infancy and childhood, or perhaps after breaking a bone, the bone must either be deposited on a pre-existing tissue or become the replacement for it. A few of our bones, notably the frontal and parietal bones of the cranial vault, ossify via intramembranous ossification, wherein the bone is placed onto embryonic connective tissue membranes. This would be an example of bone being deposited onto pre-existing connective tissue. Side note, connective tissue is a broad category of tissues that includes bone, cartilage, adipose tissue, and blood. Its job is to support and protect, and it is primarily comprised of extracellular matrix with a small percentage of cells. Most of our bones, however, ossify via endochondral ossification, wherein bones are preceded by cartilage. Cartilage is a connective tissue that is primarily comprised of collagen, and unlike bone, it is flexible and more difficult to fracture. There are three different types of cartilage in adults, hyaline, which means glass-like, elastic, and fibrous. Our joints are lined in hyaline cartilage, and our nose is also comprised of it. Elastic cartilage lives up to its name and is very bouncy and stretchy. It can be found in our earlobes. Fibrocartilage is the basis for our meniscus, our intervertebral discs, and the disc of cartilage found in our temporomandibular joint, or TMJ. Cartilage is also avascular, meaning that it isn't penetrated by blood vessels, which bone is. The penetration of blood vessels into the cartilage is actually the first step of ossification. The ossification is going to radiate outwards from the blood vessels, which will then form the nutrient foramen. A foramen in anatomy is just a hole. 
The perichondrium is a thin membrane of tissue that surrounds the cartilage and which will eventually become the periosteum. When you hear con or chondro, someone is talking about cartilage. And when you hear osteon or osteo, you can be sure they're talking about bone. So the perichondrium surrounds the cartilage and the periosteum surrounds the bone. Osteoblasts or bone forming cells deposit bone around the outside of the perichondrium, turning it into a periosteum. This process then continues, radiating outwards from the cartilage center. Layer upon layer of bone is laid down upon the layer beneath. Osteoclasts, or bone-destroying cells, remove bone from the end of the shaft, which our friends the osteoblasts in the periosteum continue to deposit. The large cavity inside of a long bone that's filled with marrow, that's called the medullary cavity, and it's created by osteoclasts, destroying the cartilage origins of the long bone center portion. Osteologists call this appositional growth, wherein we see an increase in diameter of the long bone. Next time you're near your niece or nephew, notice how their fingers are so much smaller than yours. That's in part because you've replaced the cartilage of your phalanges, or finger bones, with bone and have more layers of it that have been laid down via appositional growth. Bone also needs to be able to grow lengthwise, though. Let's take a step back and think about long bone anatomy. Long bones are any bones which are longer in length than they are in width. Your fingers are long bones, but so are your larger bones like your femur in your thigh or your ulna in your lower arm. The diaphysis is what we call the shaft of the bone, and the epiphysis is the name for both of the ends. The metaphysis is the name for the primary ossification center, or where ossification begins, and it's usually in the diaphysis or the shaft. The secondary ossification centers are in the epiphyses, specifically in the epiphyseal plates or growth plates. These are layers of cartilage that grow away from the bone center, leading to elongation of the bone. During growth spurts, our secondary ossification centers are hard at work, lengthening our bones, and this can sometimes lead to growing pains. Once cell division stops along the epiphyseal plates, the epiphyses, the end portions of the bone, fuse to the metaphysis along the epiphyseal plates, creating one long bone. Where there once were three parts of the bone, a metaphysis and two epiphyses, there is now just one. Have you ever heard that babies have more bones than adults? This is why. When a fetus is about 11 weeks away from being born, there is an average of 800 ossification centers in their body. At birth, they'll have around 350 ossification centers. Once they reach adulthood, they won't have any, unless they break a bone, but that's a story for another episode. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Science Lab. You can follow the Science Lab on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and pass this along to the teachers, students, and curious friends in your life.